0: Is Cincy 360 about Cincinnati from Cincinnati on ESPN 1530? Here's James Rapine and Mo. Egger. Here
1: we are. I'm James. He's Mo. This is Cincy 360. We do it every single weekday, noon to one. Here on ESPN fifteen thirty. Mo, how you doing? Look at you.
2: I am you look,
1: you look like you're scrambling a little bit. I am bit. great. It's I, been a
2: it's been a busy week.
1: Yeah, it has. You host in the mornings, <laughs> doing your ESPN national. You have an autograph session, and then you you take some time with me with Cincy Thresh. Oh,
2: that autograph session was a lot of fun. I bet it was. Do happy you charge Pi- as much
1: as Pete Rose?
2: Uh no, but happy pie day, by the way. I gotta get that out of the way because every day's a national something day. Too. God, It's every day now. Well, this makes sense. This is at least, you know, yeah, it does make mathematical sense. pie. It does. How um, many people do what's you your think? favorite pie? Oh, apple easily. Oh, really? I can crush some apple pie
1: pumpkin and cherry for me. I like apple too. love A little pumpkin ice cream on the side. Yeah.
2: Uh, on the side. Yeah, Lo- on the side. Like pumpkin, cherry, take it or leave, but I'm an apple pie guy.
1: Okay. Okay. What were you going to say? How many people? What?
2: If you say happy pie day, actually know what you're referring to.
1: I not many. Good thing for me, I paid attention in in high school algebra. That makes that's one a, of us. That's algebra, right? Yeah, I got like a C though, so paying attention didn't help mm. much. Let's let's start with uh, some uh, some college basketball, Mo. And you, you look at this this tournament bracket, and everyone's filling out the brackets yet. Have you filled out your bracket?
2: I have not filled out my bracket tonight. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to fill out my bracket, and I also do a couple of other things. I'm in a pool where you pick teams, and you get points based on their seating. Two different uh, the pools that we do that. And then I'm doing this Can thing where, yeah, sure. And then I'm doing this thing with a couple of buddies where we pick seven players in the NCAA tournament and we have a, a weird system and it's, I spend way too much money on this stuff in March.
1: Yeah. Well, you spend way more time watching college hoops than really anyone I know. Spend I think
2: Spend so. a lot of time losing money in March too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Probably winning. Um, so I look at this bracket and I haven't filled mine out yet. I'll probably do it today. Today seems like the right day. Now that the, the first four, especially tonight, the first four will be wrapped up and we'll know exactly who's playing who Uh, Because, clearly, those teams are going to pull off some upsets, potentially.
2: St. Bonaventure can beat Florida.
1: Some people were calling it already. Mm -hmm. I can see it happening. Um, And, obviously, relating to the local teams, I want to ask you about the bracket for UC and the bracket for Xavier. And we'll get into that in just a few minutes. Also, some Bengals between now and 1 o'clock as well. But let's start with this season. Look, it was magical for UC. It was magical for Xavier. Xavier gets a a one seed for the first time. In school history, they win the Big East regular season championship. UC wins 30 games. They finish 30-4, and win both championships, the conference tournament, along with the regular season title. How far is an acceptable expectation almost? How far of a run do you expect a UC team to go? If you're a fan... Where should fans expect them to go? I'm phrasing this really poorly. Well, no, I'll
2: saying. I'll steal from the Athletic, which has a discussion on this for U C, and they may have done one for Xavier, but but they they ask, what is a successful uh, NCAA tournament run? What yeah. what do they have to do to be considered a success in March, and, and, and by extension this season? And I think I look at it this I look at this a little bit different than a lot of fans. Um, number one, I think it's it's always a little unfair to say Final Four or bust. I mean, look, between Cincinnati and Xavier combined, uh, they both have had great teams, great players. They're both great programs. Between them, they've had one Final Four since 1963. Mm -hmm. So to me, when you do it like that, you're then saying that more than 100 teams between the two are failures. I just don't subscribe to that. I think if you're playing in the second weekend, that means you can't lose more than you win, and you can't lose as often as you win, you're going to finish the NCAA tournament with a winning record. You're in the Sweet 16. Uh, if you're a higher-seeded team, you've taken care of business against lower-seeded teams. And if you're a lower-seeded team, you've pulled off at least one upset. To me, if you're playing in the Sweet 16, I have a very hard time calling that. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you've been seated. I have a hard time calling that a failure.
1: You're absolutely right. And, and I wish we could disagree because we're supposed to disagree on radio sometimes and have the back and forth. But to me... I think it's very tough. I've seen so many good teams. We've seen so many upsets throughout the years. Mm-hmm. If you're a Xavier fan, I get it. You're a one seed. You're expecting Final Four. You want a Final Four. You know how many elite eights you've been to when you were the, the lower seed? Upsetting right. teams. They're going to happen. Upsets are going to happen. You just hope that it doesn't happen to your team. But, yes, reasonable expectations. And being a UCLM, when I saw it, I saw Georgia State, and then they're going to take on Nevada or Texas. I think they should beat those teams. I'm, I'm comfortable in saying that. Will it be easy? No. Nothing in the tournament usually is. Uh, but, but yes, I think expectations. That's expecting. It's what you're expecting to happen. I expect them uh, to, to be playing next weekend. After that, that's really tough to expect. Like, that's the key word to me, and I know I've said it a lot. Right. But that's... That's it. Is that the bar? Final Four? That's an insane bar that most schools don't get to.
2: I'm sorry. If you're Kentucky, Carolina, Duke, Kansas, I don't think that should be the bar. And, and no. those are schools that are in the Final Four, contending for the Final Four all the time. I, I just, I, I, think, I think specifically, and I've had UC fans say to me this year and another year is like, Final Four or bust. Like, well, you got to be prepared. You're going to be disappointed, okay? The odds are stacked against you. Final Four or bust is hard. That's like saying Super Bowl or bust.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like look, it's that hard to get there. Sure, you win but, four
2: games, and, but but the Super Bowl, you're you're in the playoffs with twelve teams, with eleven other teams. Sure, right? Yep. Here to get to the to, just to get to the Final Four, there's fifteen other teams. You're playing on neutral sites. There's no home court advantage. Uh, weird matchups against teams that you never see. It's, it's hard. It's really hard, and it's college kids, and it's it's one in you know one game and done scenario, unlike the NBA, baseball, and, and hockey. So. Uh, but I, I agree with you from, from a Cincinnati and Xavier standpoint. Look, if if as great as those two teams have, have been this year, as, as awesome as their seasons have been, there is going to be something painfully disappointing uh, about an, an exit before the second weekend if if either team fails to get to next weekend. If Xavier were to lose uh, in the second round, if, let's say, Missouri picked him off or if, or if the Bearcats uh, lost to either Nevada or Texas, that is going to be painfully disappointing very unfulfilling now will it do anything to necessitate change in the program of course not you know you and I both know there's going to be people yelling and screaming and breathing fire that if the Bearcats aren't playing next weekend that Mick should be let go that's stupid that's out of touch with reality it's It's ridiculous (laughs) but will it feel massively disappointing if they're not playing sure and Will all of the – will hearing about all of the things that these two teams did during the regular season really ring hollow for a while? Absolutely. Absolutely. If they're playing next weekend and they lose to a low, lower-seeded team and obviously everybody's seated lower than Xavier, also disappointing because, look, it's it's natural to go, you know what, these, these teams are as good as maybe either coach has had. Could, could they do something that neither coach has done? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be disappointing, but in terms of how you categorize it, if you call a team in the second weekend of the NCAA tournament a failure, you're just not going to get me to to, to agree with you.
1: I completely agree.
2: Ha. <laughs> He's Mo, am James. Hey. This
1: is Cincy 360 on ESPN 1530. I'm looking uh, at the brackets and just kind of how it stacks up for UC and Xavier. Mm-hmm. Fair to say, and say I'm crazy, maybe call me biased. Let's start with UC. I saw that 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 came out, Nevada, Texas, Georgia State. Those are the two matchups potentially, uh, two of the three teams they'll play this weekend if they advance past Georgia State on Friday. I think it looks like they should, am I crazy? They should advance to the second weekend. That's something that should happen.
2: Absolutely. They should absolutely advance to the second weekend. I mean, they're going to be favored in in either game against either team they play. Yeah, they should absolutely. When, When you're seated where they are, you should be playing in the second weekend.
1: And now, looking at it, just looking down the line, and we do this, and as we fill out the bracket, they they could potentially run into Tennessee. Then after that, if they do get to the Elite Eight, Virginia, Kentucky, Arizona, all teams that could be waiting there for for the University of Cincinnati, that's why I I think that the expectations thing, like, I wouldn't be shocked if Tennessee beat Cincinnati. No. I wouldn't be shocked. if If anything, I would probably, and I haven't filled out a bracket yet, I'm probably going to have Virginia or Arizona. Or, um, excuse me, or uh, Kentucky, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I, I, of course, I forget Kentucky. Have one of those teams advancing to the Final Four? Probably. I, I don't know that yet, but probably. I, I struggle
2: with bracket. that top end of the bracket. I, I yeah. really do, and and did it's so. It's a really good. Top and did so end. before DeAndre Hunter went out for the rest of, of of the season for Virginia. I struggle with that because I, I, of how many times I have fallen in love with a team that maybe underachieved a little bit during the season and then got hot at the right time. Chris Mack said it on our show yesterday, because we asked about not playing in the big East championship game in the tournament. And he said, look, I've told my players last five national titleists didn't win their conference tournament. Um, I I, I think sometimes we fall really in love with what we just watched. It's recency bias. So I struggle with that with all three teams. Now, Virginia, Kentucky, and Arizona, because all three were really good in their conference tournaments. Virginia was obviously the better team all year long. I struggle with how much should I hold their history against them. Um, That end of that bracket to me is the tough eighth of the tournament, if you will, the toughest eighth of the tournament, if you will. I'm really going to have to sit down and think about who I'm going to pick because I think you can make a case for all three of those teams.
1: Yeah, Virginia gets the one overall seed. And I don't really like gripes like in, in complaining about the bracket. In fact, I, I know you've talked a lot about this uh, this week. I, uh, You know that on this date feature on Facebook? Yeah. Two years ago, Kentucky fans were complaining about their seed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, stop complaining about got, your seed. Got a four,
2: I believe. Uh, yeah. It,
1: it happens every year. Mm-hmm. It happens every year where they, they complain, not just I, college basketball fans in general, as they complain about your seed. If I'm a Virginia fan and I look at that, I'm a little annoyed. It's tough. It's really tough. Yeah. And I know the tournament's supposed to be tough, but you're the first overall seed. I look at, like, Villanova. I think their path might be the best for the or the easiest. Yeah, as you far Watch as out for bad. Radford now. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Virginia, see, here's the thing. Their style would lend itself to playing in close games. Mm-hmm. That Creighton game, if they play Creighton, that's going to be tough. I agree. We yeah. watched them in the Big East. This is a team that beat Villanova, almost beat Xavier. Should
1: Honestly, you could say should have beat Xavier that at at their place. Yeah,
2: I mean, like to me, they're gonna body you up. They're gonna they're gonna clutch. They're gonna grab. I mean, they're they're gonna play. They've played every type of team that you could conceivably play. I think they can defend. I think their coach Greg McDermott's a really really good coach. Um, I I could see that being a dogfight for Virginia, and then you're gonna get Kentucky or Arizona. Look, you're you're either gonna play a team that has a bunch of guys that are going to be first round and maybe lottery picks, or you're going to play a team that has a guy who's probably going to be the number one overall pick, pick your poison in the sweet 16.
1: Yeah. It's that's the thing. If they play Creighton and then have to play Arizona or Kentucky, and then let's say they play the Bearcats or Tennessee, that might be the toughest path. Like if if the higher seeds win, I'm just assuming that the two, three and the four and five advance. So it's, it's uh, it'll be interesting there. And then let's flip it. Let's look at, Xavier, you got them over NC uh, North Carolina.
0: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your
2: captain
1: speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you
2: sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Kind central or Texas southern? Well, um, I'm going to have to watch those two teams tonight to give you a complete answer on how I feel about those two teams and Xavier's chances of, of winning. <laughs> um,
1: but Missouri, and that was one ESPN's Jay Williams said. Missouri, he predicted that they would knock, that, knock off Xavier in round two. I don't see it happening, but I, I do think it's interesting with uh, – with Michael Porter Jr. coming back,
2: yeah. Look, it's it's something that you really can't account for. Michael Porter is is maybe still going to be a top five, maybe top ten pick in the NBA draft. You get that guy in round two uh, uh, with with teammates who, despite his absence, found a way to be more than competitive in the SEC. By the way, they whacked Kentucky and Columbia. Yeah, yeah that's that's a tough putt for for Xavier. W- what's going to interest me about this team is just uh, the, the the pressure that accompanies, and and I. I think Chris Mack is, is one of the best-equipped coaches in college basketball to handle pressure. Xavier's never been in this position before. Never, and I know I'll, I'll, you know most people are calling them the weakest number one seed, and I understand why, but they've never been in this position where, from a seeding standpoint, the committee has said, you're a Final Four team. Two years ago as a two seed, I don't know if they lost because they didn't handle it that well or because Bronson Caning made shots, but... They're typically not a team seated that high. The one time they were seated that high, they didn't get to the Sweet 16. How do they deal with that this year? Yeah. Now, the other way I look at it is it's a little bit of an oversimplification. Last year, Trayvon Blewett took a Xavier team that wasn't close to as good as this one, put it on his back, and they beat three higher-seeded teams, mm-hmm. Florida State, Maryland, Arizona, Average 25 a game. He had some help, but that was the Trayvon Blewett show, right? To me, yes. that's when he went from boy, really good player to a star. Um, he's got a better team this year. He's still great. In fact, in many respects, he's better. He's put their his team on the back of on his back plenty of times. And they're going to be playing lower seeded teams.
3: Yeah. Plus,
2: they played in every conceivable type of game you could play. They certainly didn't blow everybody out in the Big East. Close, down at home, down yeah. on the
1: road, uh, yeah. uh, down against teams they should
2: beat by 15. yes. So there's nothing that this tournament's going to throw at them that they haven't that.
1: faced. I agree with that. And that, that to me, I don't think can be over cited, overshadowed, overstated, whatever you want to mm-hmm. say. Trayvon Blewett's been there. McCure has been there. Uh, all of these guys, O'Mara's been there. It's It's one of those things where, let's say you told me that Blewett struggles in round two. Mm-hmm. I could see one of these other seniors or, or like Macura or Cantor or O'Mara having a big game. I could see, um, I'm, I'm just trying to think, Quentin Gooden mm-hmm. having a big game because it's happened this year. Mm-hmm. Gooden stepped up for him last year. Mm-hmm. So they're, yeah. they're really battle tested. So it's it, it's cliche, but I think it matters.
2: I, I think it absolutely matters. Um you know, I, I, think, I think what people are going to wonder is what if they have to play from behind against the team that's having their way against them offensively? Can the Musketeers get enough stops? Yeah. Now, I don't think that's going to happen, at least early in the tournament, because I think when, when you're getting on a roll offensively against Xavier, Trayvon's just going to get a bucket to stop it. He's going to kill the momentum. Um, he's just going to do enough to keep you from going on that long run to separate yourself. Uh, but but the, the whole one seed dynamic is fascinating. And then you dive deeper into that region. I'll give you a hot take here. I think Ohio State's going to lose to South Dakota State. And and I I mean, look, Chris Holtman, to me, should have been the national coach of the year. No knock on Mick or Chris or anybody else that that may have gotten it from different publications. The informal poll had the Buckeyes pick to finish 11th. Katie bates Diop turned into an All-American candidate. They, they had a marvelous year. Sure. We're very good in the top of the Big Ten. It just felt to me like at the end of the year, like the air came out of the balloon just a little bit. South Dakota State has a player named Mike Dom, the Dominator, averaging more than 23 a game. The game is, is the proximity works out for South Dakota State because they're playing pretty close to home, closer to home certainly than Ohio State. And if they get to Gonzaga, I just like Gonzaga. And Gonzaga's playing very close to Spokane. Um, Not to take anything away from what the Buckeyes have done, but I I think Xavier's going to play Gonzaga in part because I don't think Ohio State's going to play Gonzaga.
1: Yeah, and that'll be a tough one. I don't know. If I was filling out my bracket right now, and, again, I haven't filled one out yet, I would have Gonzaga over Xavier, Mm -hmm. in the Sweet 16. Maybe. Honestly. Mm -hmm. I'm just telling – I might have – UC going down. I wouldn't have them in the final four. I know that. I would have them losing before that.
2: I don't know where I would go.
1: I, again, I haven't filled out the bracket. I just my. I've been looking at this for a couple of days now. And that's yeah. just How I am going to have it. I know. So
2: my my initial look on Sunday was first of all I looked at Xavier. I saw North Carolina there. Uh, I I think North Carolina and Xavier both both teams will score in the hundreds. I mean literally. Um, I trust the Tar Heels a little be a fun bit more. Game. in that in that setting, I trust the Tar Heels a little bit more. But that's provided that they can get past a hot Michigan team that played great in the Big Ten tournament. Again, what does two weeks off do for them? My initial look at Cincinnati was I got them in the Elite Eight. What's hard for me to do is say that they can beat a team that is as good defensively as Virginia is, that they can hang with the horses that Kentucky has, and that they can keep uh, arguably uh, the number one pick in the NBA draft this year. Uh, Jay Billis says is a hall of fame talent that they can keep him from having his way with them. So I have a hard time picking both to make the final four.
1: Yeah. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. And
2: that doesn't mean I think the teams suck. No, that doesn't mean that, ah, man, you know, you're down on them. I I just trust North Carolina more.
1: Only four teams make the final four. And I yeah, and I
2: think <laughs> I trust that trio of of conference champions, conference tournament champions at the top of the south bracket a little bit more than Cincinnati.
1: I don't blame you. I think that's being realistic with with your expectations, which is now, what we started Now, this <laughs> is the first
2: time, yeah, in a very long time that if you told me that UC's in the final four, I, I would believe it. I mean, sure. It's, it's conceivable to me.
1: And same thing with Xavier. Xavier
2: right? in the Final Four is conceivable to me.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, real, it's realistic, mm-hmm. but I don't expect it to happen.
2: Right. That's I'm not judging them by do they win that game. Speaking of the Final Four,
1: we're going to play Would You Rather, and it involves Xavier and UC both in the Final Four. We'll do that next on Cincy 360.
0: Now, Cincy 360 resumes on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati's sports station.
1: I'm James and He's Mo Egger. This is Cincy 360. Mo, you're back at it today, 303. I am assuming you have a ton on tap for 3 A ton. We have
2: a lot of college basketball. Terry Nelson, Byron Larkin, 3 o'clock hour. Yeah. We've got uh, our buddy from BarstoolSports.com, Regs. This dude's going to... I'm going to fill out my bracket based on what he says to do.
1: Okay, so should I hold off then? I'm yeah. filling this out. I have a bracket in front of me. I Absolutely, and okay. we've got
2: the the head coach of Georgia State, Ron Hunter.
1: He enjoys Wendy's. He,
2: he enjoys. So do I. So, I.
1: Me too. I'm not knocking it. I'm just
2: saying he talks about Wendy's, Wendy's right yesterday? now. He's going to be with us at 5:20. Uh,
1: Can't wait for that. By the way, the Bills and Bengals, uh, well, the Bengals announced the trade with the Bills for offensive tackle Cordy Glenn. Marvin Lewis said in, in, in a statement from the team, the offensive line has been an offseason focus for us we are excited to acquire a player who has been an accomplished starting tackle in this league cordy is young and proven and he's excited about being here and i gotta be honest mo i think i can say it for all Bengals fans we're excited to have him
2: yeah we're excited (laughs) to have him i mean you know i i can't imagine there's anybody who's like honey i'm getting season tickets because of cordy glenn but it just feels nice to actually think and say nice things about the Bengals after months of doing the exact opposite.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the, the things that they need to add aren't going to be flashy to where they help season ticket sales. You're going to see the, the boost in ticket sales if they actually win some games this year, and then th- then that's how it is. Correct. You know, I mean, yes. they're not going to be able to, no matter what move they Cordy
2: can, Glenn! I don't think anyone's
1: going to rush to the box off unless they, like, sign Drew Brees or something, but he's back in New, New Orleans.
2: No, Drew Brees would have sold some tickets. Yeah, Drew Brees There's no doubt about that.
0: It's time to play Would You Rather on ESPN 1530.
1: Let's play Would You Rather on a Wednesday. Let's start, Mo, with the Cordy Glenn trade. Speaking of that, because today left tackle Nate Solder signed with the New York Giants for $62 million over four seasons. So would you rather the Bengals have moved back in the draft from the 12th pick to the the 21st overall pick like they did? acquire Cordy Glenn, who has three years remaining on his contract for $30 million or stay where they were at in the draft and sign a guy like Nate Solder for four seasons for $62 million.
2: I reserve the right to change my mind based on how the draft plays out, because I don't know who's there at 12 that they now can't get at 21. That remains to be seen. So but as of now. I'd rather the Bengals do what they did, make the trade, move down, get Cordy Glenn, less of a financial commitment.
1: Yeah, I am 100% on board, and I think, sure, would there have been a really, really, really good player there? Heck, you might be talking about the linebacker from Georgia, Raquan Smith, or, or the kid from Virginia Tech, who a lot of people like as well at linebacker. Moving back to 21 gives them the flexibility, and it gives them a proven player, like Marvin said, at left tackle. They needed that, period. Yeah. So I, I it's... I love the draft. I'm totally fine with them moving back nine spots.
2: Completely fine with it. To me, it was – what I'm excited about is less the mechanics of of the trade and who they got and just the fact that they did something out of character. Yep. Now, let's be fair about this. They've done a few things out of character in in the last half year. Mm -hmm. Getting rid of an offensive coordinator after two games – Uh, you know, nearly making the trade for AJ involving AJ McCarron. I mean, they've, they've done some things that you kind of don't expect them to do, but this to me was a big one. This was, we're going to, we're going to say goodbye to Adam Jones, at least temporarily. They typically don't do things like that when they can bring a guy back. Plus Marvin Lewis just has a a weird thing for Adam Jones. Uh, They did that to have the money to pay Cordy Glenn. They made a trade. They were aggressive. They didn't just sit back and wait. Like I, I like what it says about their philosophy, maybe a philosophical shift I like that. I like I like it for that reason more than you know, just uh, who they got and upgrading the offensive line, which is obviously a good thing.
1: Yeah, I completely agree.
2: All right, let me go with a, another Bengals. Would you rather? Uh oh. Would you rather the Bengals sign another offensive lineman in free agency, or the Reds sign a starting pitcher in free agency? By the way, good piece on my blog, making the case for the Reds to sign Alex Cobb.
1: Okay. This. Is- and by lineman, do you mean starter? Do you mean.
2: Starting offensive lineman.
1: Okay. Then that. I want the Bengals to sign a starting offensive lineman because I have reason to believe that they're a starting offensive line away from being really good on offense this year. And I know that sounds insane when they were 32nd <laughs> ranked last year. I mean, it is. It's insane, right? It's insane. Of course, the, the Andy Dalton a critic, James right. Rapine, is talking about it. But yes, because. To me, if they got right tackle, that would be the position I would look for here in free agency. That would solidify their line completely, because this is a really good center draft. They could take a center on day one or day two of the draft. They have
3: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You can compete for that other guard
1: spot. So their line would be completely rebuilt in one offseason, which is very hard to do. So if I had to pick one or the other, I would pick the right tackle spot. But it would be really cool to see the Reds make a move like that because yeah. I, I think they need... A solid. I've been there, done that. And if you got a guy like Alex Cobb, and I don't know if you you mentioned this in your piece or not, he'd be wanting to prove himself for a bigger deal down the line. I
2: think. So, yeah, it's yeah. it's not my piece. I I link to uh, to it from somewhere else. But but no, there's there's validity to that. But but if you if the Red sign a veteran starting pitcher, that propels them from what uh, ninety losses to eighty seven losses. Yeah. If the Bengals get it right on the offensive line, could that propel them from ten from uh, seven wins to ten? Maybe 100%. Maybe more. Absolutely. If maybe more. They can
1: more. be a run-first team. <laughs> right. I mean, we've seen teams flip it in one offseason.
2: Exactly. So it's it's not as cut and dry as sign some linemen and you're a playoff team. But you could convince me that given what they have, um, plugging what I, I think most of us feel was the team's you know biggest weakness, that that could put them at least in the mix for a playoff spot. There is nothing that could convince me that the Reds will be in the mix for a playoff spot. nothing 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 zero not Barry Larkin at manager no not if Joey Votto would hit 800 with 105 home runs maybe they'd be in the playoff mix that's not gonna happen hey Joey hit 800
1: you loser (laughs) hitting 330 that's not good enough Joey that's not good enough uh Mo would you rather let's stick with the Bengals we have a couple more Bengals would you rather and then we have a final four would you rather that I I really want to get to but A.J. McCarron has been, you know, floated around that he had interest from this team, that team, all these teams. Now he's just out there. He's just hanging out there. And I got to ask you, because Teddy Bridgewater has a team, the Jets. Kirk Cousin has a team. Sam Bradford has a team. Case Keenum has a team. Would you rather sign A.J. McCarron in free agency if you're a team or, and we'll go through these, Teddy Bridgewater?
2: Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater is going to get roughly $5 bucks from the Jets. He's had success in this league as a starter. It's limited success. He was drafted higher. He's thought of as the better talent, and it would appear that he is uh, completely recovered from that gruesome knee injury. Teddy Bridgewater. One year, five million? That's what I've read out of New York.
1: I I have a hot take for you. Yeah. The Bengals should have signed. him. One year, five million?
2: (laughs) Said he's going to get what I read from uh, the New York Post this morning was that he was reportedly going to get half of what Josh McCown got.
1: Oh, my. All right. Anyways, (laughs) A.J. McCarron is not getting much then. Uh, Josh McCown got 10, yeah. Mm -hmm. Would you rather A.J. McCarron knowing about what the money would be or Kirk Cousins at 28? Kirk Cousins.
2: Kirk Cousins is a better player. Mm -hmm. Kirk Cousins is uh, – I've kind of called him the blonde Andy Dalton. The skill set is better. I think there's – An upside there that he can tap into because he's going from a totally dysfunctional organization to a pretty well-functioning organization. Better team, better guys to throw to. They had no run game in Washington. Jay Gruden's in over his head. Um, He's going to have a lot to work with in Minnesota. He could extend plays with his legs. He threw for nearly 4,000 yards last year with garbage receivers. He's thrown for more than 4,000 yards before with garbage receivers. He's the better player. In the NFL, it's it, it, look we're seeing a new world for quarterbacks where you're getting 84 mil guaranteed, but but I, I get why that I get I get why he's worth it. He's the better player. I'll take the better player.
1: All right, two more. Would you rather Case Keenum or AJ McCarron?
2: Uh, Case Keenum. Here's my question about uh, Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. Yeah. They went 13 and three last year. Yep. There's a lot of excitement for them. I'm I'm reading how they're the favorite in the NFC. They're not. It's still Philadelphia. Um. But is are we convinced that Kirk Cousins is going to be as good as Case Keenum was last year? Case Keenum was really good last he was year. Really good, sixty-eight percent completion I, percentage. I, I think
1: what it is is it's more likely that he plays at the same level that Keenum does. And the Minnesota Vikings said, "Ah, eh, Keenum, that was an outlier year." Right, right. No, no which I, by the way, I get it. It was in a town like here, with the team like the Bengals, who would probably have given Case Keenum the money and kept him around forever. I'm glad they had the foresight to do that. Because, no doubt
2: about it. Yeah. Look, the Vikings, I think, did the right thing in terms of getting a better quarterback. But in terms of, boy, the Vikings are going to be so much better, it's going to be hard for Kirk Cousins to play as well this coming season as Case Keenum did last year. It's hard to be better than 13-3 and three anyway. Yeah.
1: You take 13-3 every year. Right.
2: And by the way, the <laughs> NFC, think about the NFC right now. I'm, I'm, I'm getting away from what you asked. they Rams got better. Yep. Eagles got better. Yep uh san francisco suddenly feels like they may be a player um the, the saints i think are going to be really really good i know yeah got drew Brees, and you know obviously dynamic running game aggressive defense like the nfc you still haven't mentioned like the falcons right haven't mentioned I mean, the falcons
1: beat the eagles they were a play away from beating the eagles
2: like. uh, I, I assume the cowboys will have elliot for 16 games they're going to be better plus they got paul alexander so like the <laughs> nfc Dude, absolutely stacked at the top compared to the AFC where you got two old men playing quarterback and no one can dethrone them. So, you
1: you know, what's funny The the, the Arizona Cardinals got Sam Bradford,
2: uh, we'll get back to your question. I'd rather have case Keenum than AJ McCarron. I'd rather have AJ McCarron than Sam Bradford. I
1: can't believe Sam Bradford's getting all this money
2: when his now former coach says he has a degenerative knee problem. Number one, Mike Zimmer shouldn't have said that. Number two, he's got a degenerative knee problem. Sam Bradford, if he realizes the full value of his contract this year, do you realize Sam Bradford will have made $134 million from four teams? He will have taken none of them to the playoffs he will have been on uh, missed a ton of games because of injury. He's effective when healthy. He's not anywhere close to great, nowhere they close to He played 1 game last year. 134 million dollars is what Sam Bradford will have made by the end of this year and he's going to to sign another contract. And that's why if
1: I'm AJ McCarron, I'm so pissed off right now. You're yeah. telling me that guy gets another chance? I just want a chance. Right. I want a chance to compete. And apparently the Cardinals aren't even bringing in McCarron to to be his backup. That they're they're bringing in um they're interested in mike glennon right oh so, it's just it stinks right now all right AJ
2: one McCarron. more on aj mccarron yeah, aj mccarron AJ. reportedly is uh having some interest shown in him by the new england patriots mm-hmm. if you're aj mccarron would you rather be a backup in new england or get a chance to play for a few games with a rookie waiting in the wings in buffalo
1: i might be biased here
2: like what i did there waiting in the wings in Buffalo.
1: Ah, Buffalo wings. Ah, um, yeah, I could go for some wings right now, by the way. Uh, yes, I would rather be in New England. It's New England. They win. Buffalo, they lose. It's simple. Would you rather be in Pittsburgh <laughs> or would you rather be in Cincinnati if you're a free agent? It's that – Cleveland or Pittsburgh, which one? To me, would you rather learn from the best in Tom Brady? The Patriots have a track record of getting – Backups to starting roles are giving them an opportunity, a chance to start elsewhere. Yeah. Belichick isn't going to hesitate to trade you like the Bengals did, by the way. And the Bengals, I get it, the t- trade deadline. But well before that, the Bengals were crazy on what they were asking for, for McCarron. And they were never going to get it. They hesitated because they valued him. Mm-hmm. Belichick go on you. Go mm-hmm. on you if he can get value for you. So I would rather learn from Tom Brady. I would rather play for Belichick, maybe sit the bench, get a ring. You upgrade. Do you, do you like the scenario? No, not necessarily, but I'd rather do that than, than start for Buffalo for a few games before Josh Allen steals my job. Would
2: make me wonder what they're going to do with Brian Hoyer, who when they brought him back, it was a three-year deal, and, he, and he's boys with Brady. But if I'm A.J. McCarron, what's the worst case scenario? You go to New England, you get a graduate-level course in quarterback play from the greatest of all time, you make more money than you did last year, you have a better chance of at least getting a ring, and you're backing up a 40-year-old quarterback. So, you know, plus a 40-year-old quarterback that forget him getting injured, there's going to be a point where they have to manage his playing time. I just think there is, where maybe they go, okay, Tom's not going to play this week, or he's not going to play as much, especially if things are wrapped up, and then there's A.J.'s chance. What's the worst case in Buffalo? He starts, he sucks, the rookie comes in, and then we never hear from A.J. McCarron again. To me, I go there for a year, I win, I learn, I maybe get a chance, and I try this free agency thing all over again, Next offseason.
1: Yeah, and the Patriots have, according to multiple reports, offered A.J. McCarron a contract. And and the reason Buffalo comes to mind is because they're without a starting quarterback right now. That's going to be interesting. That's going to be interesting. Can you imagine, though, and I tweeted this out yesterday, A.J. McCarron truthers will be like, A.J.'s so good, he's the heir to the throne. He's the heir to Tom (laughs) Brady's throne. And I get it. I think A.J. McCarron... Hopefully he gets a chance, and I think he could be a starting quarterback in the league potentially. It sucks if he never gets that chance. Mm-hmm. But the, the heir to the throne thing, like that will be the next thing that Bama fans and some Bengals fans cling to. Okay, fine, great. I hope he gets you a agree? chance. You agree Of with course
2: that? they will. Of course they're, they're convinced that A.J. McCarron's going to be a Belichick, star. No, something in him. Oh, to be a backup. <laughs> because what's A.J. McCarron? A backup. <laughs> That's what you're telling me. Okay, Bill, God. think about that. All right, you want to know how the NFL feels about him? The best coach in the league wants him to be a backup. What did Marvin Lewis want him to be? A backup. What is AJ McCarron? Wait for it. A backup. Hold on. But he has
1: Tom Brady. Maybe this is the succession plan.
2: He's the backup. <laughs> No, I agree. What, I agree. What about this is so hard for people to understand? You, you just watched the league say Kirk Cousins, Teddy Bridgewater, Degenerative Case Keenum, knee. Sam Bradford, yes. Mike Glennon, Josh McCown. Between those six guys, you know Chase, how
1: many? Chase Daniel signed a backup deal. Matt Moore is negotiating. Right, anything?
2: so between all those guys, you yeah. know how many playoff wins? One! One! And the NFL decided all those guys better option a better option than than AJ McCarron. Yeah, McCarron almost had a playoff win. Like almost because he was he was terrible for three quarters. That's why they don't Ooh. putting that on him, huh? For three quarters, I AJ McCarron no, I played some of the most brutal football I've ever seen. And they at one point the Andy Dalton's on the sideline. Go back when when the NFL Network tortures us this off season. You have a chance to watch the game. Andy Dalton has this look on his face like. Ain't that easy, is it, pal? Oh, does he really? Yes. Wow. Like I've I, like, you've watched yes. that game too much. I've watched that game way too much.
1: He's Moam James. This is Cincy three sixty. Follow us at Moager fifteen thirty on Twitter at James Rapine. Up next, we're Jordan. not going to do the UC. Would you rather? Oh, that's that's right. We went out of order. We went out of order. I was Let's trying do to it.
2: stay consistent with the Bengals yeah, stuff. Yeah,
1: so was I, and I skipped it and I forgot. And this one, honestly, is the most. It might be the most timely of them all. Let's do it here, Mo. Um, Would you rather, do you want to ask it or do you want me to? Go for it. All right. Would you rather UC get to the Final Four, play Xavier and lose, or lose in the Elite Eight to someone else?
2: I think you have to ask Louisville fans about this. 2012, they get to the Final Four. I mean, if you ask the NCAA, they never got to the Final Four because strippers. But they got to the Final Four, then they had to play Kentucky. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So... My answer to that is, yes, I'd rather be in the Final Four. I'm in the Final Four. In the context of my program's history, that really hasn't happened all that often. I get to be in the Final Four. I get the week of being in the Final Four. I'll take playing in the Final Four. If it means you lose to the arch rival, so be it. And then I'll root for Xavier in the national title game. But, yeah, I, I, would, I would take a Final Four no matter who they would play. Sure
1: it's absolutely the right answer oh i'd rather lose the tennessee in the elite eight instead of get to the final four you know what the final four would be like going to san antonio experiencing that sure does it suck would it suck to lose the xavier or vice versa if you're a xavier fan to lose to uc it's ultimate bragging rights right ultimate trump card it
2: changes the rivalry forever
1: but you still get to the final four yes which in my lifetime 92, I was born in 91. I'm mm-hmm. 26 years old. I mm-hmm. want to see UC get in. I'd love to see Xavier get in the Final Four. Losing in the Final Four, it happens. We just talked about expectations last segment. Sweet 16, that's what I expect from both of these teams. After that, it's bonus. I would love that third week uh, of talking about it leading up to it. Can you imagine the city? What it would be like? It would be incredible. UC, Xavier. We would be going to San Antonio. In the Final
2: way. Four, it'd be amazing. Oh, my God. It, it'd it would... be It'd be.
1: You know that, right? We're going broadcasting live.
2: Yes, I can't even wrap my brain around that. I can't even wrap my brain around what what that would be I want to.
1: I want it to happen more than anything. So, yes, that's exactly what you want. It's Losing before that would be, especially if you knew that was in. Like, let's say Xavier got in or, or UC got in, and you knew that if the other team won, they'd play each other in the Final Four. I would be rooting so hard for that.
2: Yeah, I think the worst part would be one gets in the Final Four, you were a game away, and you lost. Yes. Other team, other team's fan base is enjoying the spoils of their team being in the Final Four. You were this close to joining them. Yep. That would be worse That's than... That's way worse. You go, you play in the game, you lose, and you were still in the
1: Final Four. Could you imagine that? Like, so, let's say Xavier lost in the Elite Eight, and UC gets to the Final Four. And they, they pop on Cincy 360, and fans are listening, and it's all... You see Final Four talk. Right. Or vice versa. It's yes. Chris Mack talking about how his team's going to the Final Four. Meanwhile, Mick Cronin in the Bearcats lost in the Elite Eight by a point at the buzzer. God, I hope that doesn't happen. But that would that would be the worst. I would much rather be in.
2: I hope we are seriously entertaining this a week from today. I hope so, too. Because it means they're both playing. They're both two wins away. I hope so, too. And then I'll start to wrap my brain around it. Oh, right now, I, I can't do that. I, by I the mean... way, I hope
1: you have that weekend open because if that happens... We're going
2: weekend's been open for a very long time
1: <laughs> for 30 years. He's Mo. I'm James. This is Cincy 360 on ESPN, 1530 up next. Jordy Nelson to the Bengals. Oh. One NFL rider. lists them as a possibility. We'll discuss that next on Cincy 360.
0: Cincy 360 continues on ESPN, 1530 Cincinnati's sports station. It's
1: 1247. I'm James Rapine. He's Mo Egger. Mo, stop dancing to Getting Jiggy with it.
2: Why are we playing Getting Jiggy stop with it in 2018? Stop dancing to that.
1: No, it's great. Hey, you ready for a take? Will yeah. Smith, the rapper, a little underrated.
2: Please. A
1: little underrated.
2: Let me tell you something about Will Smith, the oh, rapper, okay? All right. Here when I was a kid, 11, you know, 12 years old, it wasn't even Will Smith. It was DJ Jazzy Jeff. Oh, and by the way, the Fresh Prince. That stupid TV show cut out the knees from uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and propelled Will Smith to stardom, ripping off people's uh, beats and making terrible rap music. Will Smith is awful. What? Awful. He's awful. He's a good actor. Oh, okay. I mean,
1: I thought you were crushing. Pursuit, exactly.
2: of, Pursuit of Happiness was really good. Really. good. I Am Legend was really good.
1: He's by himself the whole movie and it was entertaining. Yeah, as
2: well. the the movie where he was the football doctor that was garbage. I but I mean, seen it. as a as a musician, you gotta be kidding me. Miami, kid, my all Miami, getting jiggy with it. Uh, what is it? just the two of us,
1: him and his son? Now that's yeah. pretty good. It was a good one. See, that's pretty. Good. You but again, dad, but you but, but, to but it.
2: consistently just re- like he and Puff Daddy. Have you come up with a beat that's your own yet? Have you? That's I what I really want to know. Called him Puff Daddy. Puff Daddy. He's, he's, he's changed he's, his name about twelve times. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> once once I once I call <laughs> you something, that's who you are. Sorry, Meta World Peace has run our test as far as I'm concerned.
0: It's time for Cincy 360 Quick Hits on ESPN 1530.
1: Just because, uh, and we'll get to some quick hits in just a second. Just because I saw this on Twitter, um, d- do you like drums or flats? I'm sorry, drums or flats for wings. Drums or flats. Uh, um, drums. Okay, me too. Yeah, it's it's a big debate on on there right now. Drums or flats? Yeah, like this, like the like the flat wing. Oh, sure. drumsticks. Yeah, drumsticks are flats, not like drums that you.
2: Which one do you prefer? I'm showing you the picture. Uh, the 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 drumstick usually has a little bit more, a little more meat. That's how I figure too. Yeah, mm.
1: people prefer flats. It's ridiculous. I don't get it. Anyway, communists. <laughs> wow. Uh, Chris Westling of NFL.com mentions the Bengals as a possible destination for free agent wide receiver Jordy Nelson, who was released by the Packers yesterday. Uh, Westling writes, "Speaking of connections, Alex Van Pelt recently signed on as Bengals QB coach after working alongside." Um, Bennett, as uh, Packers' offensive assistant for the past decade, Bennett, who is now with uh, Oakland. Would Cincinnati entertain the idea of bringing in Nelson to push Tyler Boyd,
2: Brandon LaFell, John Ross for snaps? I don't see it being a fit. Mo, do you? 33 years old and slow. No, thanks. Here's the fun part. You would have a Cordy and a Jordy. Other than that, no thanks. That would be fun.
1: That would be fun. I think... um, The fan base would embrace Nelson just because they've seen him score a bunch of touchdowns. He's just a big name. They've seen him score touchdowns on -hmm. on their fantasy team for years and years and years. But uh, is he He might be a little bit better than Brandon LaFell, but is he that much better? I don't know. And I don't even know if he is better than Brandon LaFell. Yeah.
2: I mean, look, don't don't solely judge him by the numbers which dropped off precipitously last year. He had Brett Hundley throwing him the ball for a huge chunk of the season, right? Two years ago, he led the league in touchdowns. The year before, he was in the top three in touchdowns. But when you watch him, thirty-three years old, old and slow. New England. It, there's just, it's it, it, got just fe- to it just it just feels like that would be the thing that they would do. New England,
1: right. look, they just lost a receiver. They're gonna go out and get him, and that's that's how it's gonna go.
2: Probably, and then he's gonna score 19 touchdowns, and we're gonna be sitting there going, "Well, they should have signed Jordy Nelson." <laughs> Uh, Marvin Lewis is in Norman, Oklahoma today attending Baker Mayfield's Pro Day. Now, it's really not Baker Mayfield's Pro Day. It's the
1: Baker Show.
2: It's Oklahoma University's Pro Day. Orlando Brown is also working out. He's bench pressing. He, He lifted the bar 18 times. That was more than he lifted at the combine. He did 14 at the combine. People are making fun of him. Is this a big deal?
1: No, I mean, it's it's Marvin doing his due diligence. Look, I hope he pays attention to Baker Mayfield. Right. I hope, hey, Marvin, pay attention to Baker. But obviously, he's probably there for Orlando Brown. They met with him at the Combine. And they've drafted Oklahoma players last year, Mixon. Mm-hmm. They drafted uh, the linebacker as well, Ooh, escaping my – his name's escaping me right Jordan now. Hicks. Jordan Hicks. No. Or Jordan Evans. Evans, yeah, yeah Jordan yeah. Hicks. Jordan That's Evans. from Philly. Uh, yeah. yeah, Jordan Evans. So, to me –
2: Just doing his due diligence. But, yeah, I hope he's paying attention to the quarterbacks because who knows who falls to 21. Marvin Lewis is going to be at a lot of pro days. Yeah. A lot of them. Sometimes you're not going to hear about it. Sometimes you will. Sometimes they're going to be at big schools. Sometimes they're going to be at schools you've never heard of. Sometimes they're going to be at schools that have quarterbacks that you are familiar with. Sometimes there's going to be no quarterbacks involved. He's going to go to a lot of pro days. The coaching staff is going to go to a ton of pro days. Talk to, to one of those coaches. Ask him how many miles they log this time of year, the places they go. It's usually not going to mean anything in terms of who they draft. But I would lose my mind if someone with the Bengals wasn't at Oklahoma University's Pro Day.
1: Yeah, I exactly. Now, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, as far as that goes, by the way, uh, Orlando Brown, he did 18 today. The goal for offensive linemen, if you're into that combine stuff, mm-hmm. is usually 20. Excuse me. Is usually 20. And so he gets closer to 20. Really interesting though. He can't get to that twenty number.
2: Got a bunch of people on Twitter haven't raised a bar in years, telling me about the bench press.
1: I've raised the bar recently.
2: How much you bench, bro? How much do they I didn't ask, say that? How much? How much do they ask him to bench? Two twenty-five. Two twenty-five. Yeah. NFL offensive linemen ought to be able to do that twenty times. I know.
1: I know. I know, right? But they have long arms. You have to take that into consideration. But, yes, 20 times when they know it's coming, hell, yes, they should. Bench press is something that it's a repetition thing. You just got to get the reps in. Uh, The Browns signed running back Carlos Hyde to a three-year, $15 million deal. Should Saquon Barkley still be in play with the first overall pick?
2: Uh, Yeah, here's what's interesting to me about that. Carlos Hyde was the one at the end of the year like, we're going to the Super Bowl next year in San Francisco. Well... (laughs) He ain't going to the Super Bowl in Cleveland <laughs> next year.
1: Hot take coming in three. No, I'm just kidding. I can't do it.
2: Uh, of course, uh, right now, Saquon Barkley should still be in play at number one. J- just if, if you feel strongly, if you're the Browns and you feel strongly enough that, um, you know, he's worth using uh, the number one pick on. You, you don't deviate from that just because you got Carlos Hyde. Sure. You try to do what the New Orleans Saints have done. Yeah, really dynamic pair of running backs. and Barkley is
1: that kind of player catches a ton of balls out of the backfield can do all that for you. So absolutely.
2: And they're they're apparently interested in making sure they still have Duke Johnson, too. So you kind of wonder about that. Here's what I want to know. I want to know if this is all right. Carlos Hyde established proven player. Um, Boy, you know, now we can take offers for Saquon Barkley. Maybe, maybe Uh, or who's interested in, in taking him number one that might need a running back more than we do now. Saquon so Barkley, if he is the generational talent that a lot of people think that he is, and you have him uh, with a grade of being worth a number one overall pick, you can sign all the running backs in the world. You're still going to draft Saquon Barkley. there's
1: got to be a quarterback there. It's the Browns, anyways. Um, got Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. Got Andy Dalton. I think they should take a quarterback. FC Cincinnati oh, has given uh,
2: Cincinnati Public Don't Schools until it. 5 p.m. today to accept their offer for, uh, for a Stargell Stadium in the West End. Are you even following this? No,
1: Amy? I saw this headline, and I figured we should add it for quick hits because people at least want to make sure they're in the know about this, I guess. I know really diehard soccer fans that have forgot more about the game than I know ever. In the, I'll probably ever know, and they're exhausted by this process. They love the fact that soccer's in Cincinnati. They want MLS. They're, they're sick of the stadium stuff.
2: I wonder this. How much has... Stadium fatigue affected the soccer interest of the casual fan. Because I think most people find this draining, fatiguing. We've been doing this for months. This was a thing back in November. We're halfway to April. And we're still doing this. I've stopped paying attention to the mechanics of where the stadium could go. And it might come to my neighborhood. I'm going to quickly say this, though. Can people stop making the West End sound like it's Beirut? I live in the West End. It's a fine part of town. I've been to
1: your house. It is nice. Yeah, it, it's, it's, fine.
2: it's fine. All right. We're not building this thing in Fallujah. But even as someone who lives blocks from where they would put it, I've stopped following this. I just want to go to Nippert Stadium and drink beer this summer. I'm going to do that. Just tell me what happens with Major League Soccer and, this, and the stadium thing when we actually know something. Can we go to a game again? I enjoy. that. Absolutely. We're going to do that. Do We're going to do all the, to bars. the bars beforehand.
1: He's Mo. I'm James. Mo, back at it in you two a hours. Lot that night. In eight minutes and survived. Man. lived to tell about it.
2: Whoa! Oh, hey, there's Baker Mayfield uh, on TV right now. Where's Orlando Brown? Look, none of the scouts are actually watching. Them. Orlando
1: Brown trying to get stronger before his next. His pro arms day. hurt. <laughs> He's Mo. Hager, I'm James. Repeating. This is Cincy three hundred and sixty. Mo, back at it in two hours in eight minutes here on ESPN fifteen thirty.